from the Pathway Studios in Johnston proper. You are live from the path. From the path, can you from the uh, pathway studios here in Johnston, Proper? It's starting to be nice weather up here. What do you mean? What do you mean? What? It's it's been nice weather. We should hold the the show outside. Uh, it's not in the park. It's not really a movable operation. It used park. to be. Remember, we used to broadcast from like uh, Christian music festivals and stuff. Yeah, we had we had like a mobile rig. Yeah, I saw an ambulance for sale the other day, and I just wanted to buy it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I almost sent you guys a picture. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, that would be an instant yes, Dan. Yeah, I, see, I, I was afraid, wife. so I didn't do it. She says no first, and then, then we go, <laughs> yeah, but we think this is a good idea. Yeah, great idea. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, you're listening to Live from the Path. I wanted just two real quick things off the bat. Uh, first of all, uh, I, we received a, a call on the complaint line from our friend Joe. Uh, and Joe is a faithful complainer. Yeah. He's been on the complaint line multiple times. <laughs> and uh, oddly enough, it's been a blessing every time. God bless this man and his wife. Uh, uh, always, it always works out that when we need, when we need some level of encouragement, uh, somebody shows up on the complaint line, and more than once, God has used uh, Joe. Yeah. And so uh, very blessed for that. But in this particular thing, he was calling about um, uh, the podcast. So generally, you could go back and listen to our podcast. I think it went back five, six years. There's like a limit of how much you can actually send on like a podcast feed. And so it has to stop somewhere. But like ours, it went back quite a bit. Now, uh, I actually uh, was, was working on the website. Um, as we were talking about last week, no one, no one uses the website. And so... Um, I, I, I rearranged it to be podcast focused, at least for now. So like, you, know, you can't find videos out on the site anymore right now. It's just, it's just podcast. And so w- when I did the switch, I had to kind of like move everything over. And one of the things that I wanted to improve upon was, um, kind of a better numbering scheme of the episodes and then some description right now, like the best you got is 2021 episode six. Mm. There's no real way to remember what we were talking about. And frankly, it's hard to, to tag what we're speaking of in an episode because we, we might talk about so many things. But um, I, I wanted to improve that, and so it just required that I had, I had to go back and listen to some of the shows and get an idea of what, what it was, especially if I didn't actually label it right the first time. And so I got, I got it uh, this year's done, and I got us back to 2020. And so most of those, those shows were, um, uh, are, are now live, and you can get them in the podcast feed. But everything before that isn't out there. And God bless Joe for noticing, him and his wife for noticing, uh, that you couldn't get to the backlog of Live from the Path uh, programs. I, I no joke literally thought this when I was doing it, I thought, I, no one's going to notice, right? Like, no one's even going to notice or care if I don't do this, you know, two-year backlog of the show. Okay, I thought that way about deodorant for like a week. Yeah. You I was, was wrong. That's right. It ended. Yeah. Definitely wrong. Good. Live from the path is the, is the aluminum-filled deodorant for, uh, the, for the masses. Okay, small correction. I switched over to the aluminum, uh, the non-aluminum deodorant, and it gave me the hives. Ooh, and oh, I had to switch back to the cancer sticks. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I, I could, my, my armpits could not take it. Did you, like, you made your own? No, it's some charcoal-based. Oh. But it's super hard, right? So you got to let it sit in there for a minute and huh. warm up. You melt it with your body pits. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, this is way more work than I'm used to putting into deodorant. Yeah, wow. it's like, uh, it depends what you buy, but, like, using natural deodorant, like, is like, is like putting peanut butter under your armpits. Oh, man. It's a, it's a weird deal. Well, see, that's the thing is I had to salve it up with uh, coconut oil to get it to stop burning me, and that worked just fine. But it's like literally me shoving, 
Like, yeah. What is? I, I don't. What's the what, what's the physical matter form of like uh, jello or glutinous? Uh, it's not a liquid. It's solid. It's like viscous. Yeah. Kind of a glob. And so like globbing this crap into your own art, it just makes you feel like a medieval king or like a or like Bobo, like the, the big warrior in like Lord of the Rings or something. You know, yeah. like you're you're pounding your own armpits with this weird salve. And I'm like, I just I can't I stopped doing it in front of the mirror. I couldn't take the side of myself. Yeah, yeah. It's a funny it's a funny feeling. Anyway, stay out the natural deodorant. Yeah. Uh anyway, so broad takeaway. One, uh check out the website, it's up to date. Two, um I actually I, I do intend to get to the back shows. I just have to listen to them. I have to re go back and re-listen to remember what we were talking about so that I can actually title them and, and provide the descriptions in there. And so uh, I will get around to it. I'm actually open hey, if any of you guys love the backlog, uh I'll just start publishing the shows again and then uh you can go out and find anything without a description and just tell me what to call it and I'll do that. I'm totally in hey, for that. Save we, me some time. Do, do we have our own Wikipedia page? No. Could someone start that? Yeah, I think if you do it on your uh, on your own behalf, people will sniff that out as suspicious. All mm-hmm. right, well, if someone else. If, hey, if anybody edits Wikipedia, can you put one out there for us? That's we a great idea. Booba do that for us. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah we'll Booba could. Okay. So anyway, th- uh, always encouraged um, to, to, uh, to, to have folks on the complaint line, especially always love to hear from Joe. Uh, he's a great encouragement to the show. And uh, so if you notice a change in your podcast feed, bless you for noticing the difference. And uh, two, I, I am working on it. Uh, it. It might take a little bit of time, but um, I hope to at least get all the way back through 2019. Um, anything beyond that, we might be getting a little bit too long for, for our uh, podcast feed, but I'll keep working my way back. So cool. anyway, thank you for that. Um, secondly, I'm just, I'm going to, I'm going to say this, um, uh, there, there was a show that we did uh, last year and it was called, it, it is now titled something. It was the same show where we did the advice and it was about the guy who put the Robert E. Lee statue in their church. Remember those guys? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. It was yeah. great. So I actually didn't listen to most of the front of the thing cause I thought the Rob, the Bob Lee section was the real killer. So that's the title of the episode it says like Robert E. Lee something. Um, but it was when we had just come back from doing, uh, we'd been out, like I'd been out for, I'd been down real, like super sick for six weeks and it was like the non-COVID COVID and it was, it was real rough. Like I'd never been so sick in my life. Uh, Dan had an anniversary. Mike had been out of town. We just hadn't done a show for a long time. But anyway, the, 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 the show ended up focusing on kind of random thoughts I had while I was sick and the core of the discussion came out similar, like kind of in vain of what we were talking about last week, which is kind of what is truth. But this was around like how to walk in humility when when truth seems to vary or recognizing as a human that your possession of truth is always in some sort of limited scope. Like you're bound by but one of the good examples um, that we gave was like uh, talking about John F. Kennedy. So at the time, if you would have asked people about Kennedy in, in 1966, like, you know, and talk to me about his character, you couldn't have found anybody to say anything wrong. Like the man had a glorious character and then has, oh, and, and, and they would have gone to the grave about it. Like, this is what we know. Like uh, we, you can talk to people that, that knew him and they would say this and we know he's a Catholic and like all kinds of things. He comes from a good family. And then, so now, you know, a number of years past that, like mo- other things have come out. We know a lot more about JFK's character. We, we know some of, of his extra relationships and like, there's like, you can't know everything all at the same time. You can, you have to do the best you can with what you know at any given moment, like because you know that you can't know everything, but because you recognize that as a human, you have a finite scope. You can't not know anything at any given time is of complete certain truth because you don't know whether you have an entire context or that something else might shift it over time um, or whatever. And so the whole point was talking about things like recognizing how you approach things 
in humility. And it, it, it touched a little bit on COVID stuff and it touched a little bit on, I think we got into some election stuff, but none of that specifically. It was around how to deal with those conversations and how not, how arrogance is one of the worst, like one of the easiest ways to destroy a Christian witness is around these types of things. And, and basically how, how, especially interacting on social media, but I would say even on face-to-face conversations in these times and of these topics, um, you're losing your ability to speak um, kingdom stuff because of your arrogance on worldly stuff. And so I, I say all that to say um, so that we don't rehash it. I might encourage you to go back and listen to the show because um, it was actually helpful to me. I was listening to it on the way in and I thought this is actually this, especially with, you know, the, the, the Delta variant Lambda variant, and like, yeah, all kinds of stuff coming, coming up naming these. Uh, was there one between Delta and Lambda? Yeah, I probably just didn't pan. It wasn't impressive. Are these Greek letters? Yeah. <laughs> is it Lambda the fourth? <clears throat> or is there like a Xyra variant? You should a, do it like a hurricane name. Yeah, that would be easier to follow. Yeah. Why'd I got to bumbo it what, up? Like the, like, the, like the Marion variant? Yeah, so mm. like they should just do it in alphabetical order like they do to hurricanes so we yeah. know what variant we're on. Yeah. I don't know. How, what how many have come by? I don't know what Lambda is. Yeah, that's true. We're already on COVID-19. Now there's variants of the 19. I mean, I'm, I'm getting... Can't keep track of it, all this stuff. I'm getting all fired up about it, right? Like, so I, if they would do it like hurricanes, like they're like, Hurricane hurricane uh, Fifi's coming by. You're like, okay, that's like the fifth hurricane yeah, this year. Yeah, it's easy to moving. do some quick math and go, okay, yeah, that's yeah. the deal. Well, shoot. Okay, anyway, broad point. That's um, arrogance, Ben. It's a good show to go back and take a listen of, um, uh, especially if just for a refresher on how you... not. It's not going to tell you what to think or how to think it in these particular situations, but it is going to prescribe that as a follower of Jesus, um, you do need to be mindful on how you approach people with what you think um, and your level of humility slash arrogance related to how you communicate it. Hey, maybe that segues nice into the thing I've been thinking about. Okay. Hit me, hit me with it. I, while you're doing that, I, I got to get the, the uh, thrift store priest. He's not well positioned. Okay. So, so actually along those same lines, it, it, it I was thinking as it pertains to like your, your work or your job or your situations, even, even your relationships and stuff. Like, uh, I've, I've been under the solid belief for a long time that like, if I was more faithful to the way that God had, has asked me to interact with his humanity, like love God, love people and serve them. Right. And, and, and don't set yourself at the head of the table. Let, let God bring you to the front, you know, and, and that's your stance. This is how we're going to do life. And I just continue to fail at it like over and over and over again. And we go, okay, that's a fallen sinful world. God's got grace for this or whatever. This should change, you know, whatever. And I think it's me that's the problem. Like my, my sinful ways and my, my arrogance or my pride is causing me to continue to act this way. And I recognize it and I go, this has got to end. Lord, I need you to help weed this out of me. And then I do it and I just keep doing it over and over again. And it especially pertains to like my job. For some reason, when I walk in that building and any person with some type of authority has an idea. I'm, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to rumble, right? I just got, I'm ready, to, I'm ready to fight about it, whatever it is, you know? And, and so I've been trying to push through, like, I, I mean, I've been going through the same thing for like years now and I know who Jesus is. I know his life changing power. I know the power of the Holy spirit and I continue to act this way. So like, does it come to a point where despite the, my best efforts or our best efforts to humbly submit something to Jesus Maybe it's time to just change the situation you're in, right? Like, uh, and, and I'm, I, I'm not saying, hey, tell me if I should like quit my job right now. But what I'm getting at is like, um, I've had this with some relationships that, you know, that I've been in. Uh, and, and like, I just, they, they do this horrible thing 
and I react horribly, and I go, ah, that, I failed. I, that's not the right way to react. I just, I'm going to keep this relationship up, and I'm going to continue. I'm going to do better. And like I do for a little bit, and then I fail at it again. And like after a while, you go, maybe like an alcoholic that shouldn't be in a bar, maybe I just should not be tempting myself to act so poorly. You know, like I don't have this reaction in all situations. It seemed to be very specific situations that like I just I'm not I'm not processing well. And despite being able to see it and label it as sinful and go, man, I wish I was doing better. Lord, how, why can't I do better than this? Even through your power, humbly submit it, I'll change it within me. And then I find myself right back to where I was like acting a fool to where I, like I get home at night and I go, why did I make such a scene about this? Like, it's just it's really not that important to me, you know, yeah. to have, have caused a hankle about it. So uh, my, my broader question is, is as much as we like to let ourselves be refined uh, by the power of the Holy Spirit and through God's word, um, is there a time to go, look, man, that's, it's just you're bent towards that type of that style of sin. Maybe you should just get out of that situation and attempt to remove yourself from the things that are triggering you to uh, unconsciously, right? End up in sinful territory and you're like, oh no, I've done it. Like five minutes in, I'll realize that like I've taken a poor path here, right? I wish I wouldn't have. So, so I think out of the gate, um, you would agree. We've talked about this, about, uh, those guys that go to minister at the porn convention. Yes. Some people can do it. Some people cannot. Mm -hmm. And so if, if, if the situation that you are putting yourselves in to minister people, uh, or, or where you feel like you should be able to act faithfully and causes you in such a way to continue to drive towards behavior that you know is not edifying to Jesus or to the world around you. Yes, I suppose you could continue to fight that and try to, to redeem it with you in it. I think it's a good fight, right? It's worth having. Yeah. Yeah. But at some point, you also say, like, I think it's okay to say, look, there's things that I'm not made for. If it's related to that environment and, and maybe, um, my, 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 my continual failure here or inability to adapt to this situation, uh, is not necessary to persist. I think, I think there is a notion, um, like, is, are you the only possible person that can be the light of Jesus in that situation? Probably not. No, I, mean, I, I would say it's, it's more of a, a of, of, I have the opportunity to be the light of Jesus, and I'm not doing it. So basically, your, your concern is... I'm not saying, like, the overall God will give up on the things that I'm working on because no. I'm the only guy, right? But, like, right. I know better. You're I saying, know better. You're saying, uh, like, is it... It basically feels like cheating. If I can't win, am I going to take my ball and go somewhere else? Right. It feels like you're bailing, right? Because, like, I can't, I can't live up to what God is asking me to do here. And I don't know why. I don't know why I continue to fail at it, right? It's not on purpose. I don't wake up in the morning and pray for God's wrath against whatever stupid policy someone's come up with, like a really mundane thing, you know, but like I will, I will, I will, be, I will pray on it on the way in. Right. And like, I know situations are coming and I'm like, Lord, just to just be with me. And then I won't be five minutes in and find myself <laughs> acting a fool, you know? And like, it'd be different if I didn't know better. Like if you had to come up to me later and go, Mike, like you're way, you're way off the path here, man. Right. Yeah. Like you're not even close to shining lights of Jesus. I know. Right. It's, it's not like I'm missing the conviction part of it or knowing it's wrong. I just can't seem to grab it. Before it happens, you know, and so like it's 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 both embarrassing. One, especially uh, because there's not I'm not surrounded by a bunch of other Christian brothers that would know the difference. Yeah, right. Like if there was another Christian dude in there that could give me a solid glare and a punch to the face and go, "Hey, man," I go, "Ah, I'm way off. Catch it before it got." But since I'm the only goalie uh, in the Christian world at my place, uh, I act like a fool, and I'm the only guy that catches it like two hours later. 
and then I've, I've, I've not done well. You know, I've not conducted myself well. And so, um, like, it's, I mean, it's obviously not a mic counseling session. I'm just trying to figure out that, like, I, I've been at this for a long time, you know, and, and I, I know where my failings are, right? It's pretty obvious throughout the history of the show where I don't do very well. And so at, at, after a point, like, let's say you become a manager, and if you have a tendency to lord over people and make it your mini fiefdom, uh, maybe it's just not in your cards to go. You're talented to do it. You have the skills to do it. Maybe you're good with people, but, like, you tend to over... You tend to put your pride in there and sit on a throne. So maybe you can't be a manager despite whatever your your skills are, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, I would say that uh, two, two examples come to mind. I would say that's true about people. Um, sometimes uh, people who appear to be good pastors ruin churches. Uh, and just because they have all the right skills to be able to teach well and, they're, and they are uh, charismatic, people like to listen to them and they're good with quips of phrase like, if they can't otherwise lead a church without being uh, uh, domineering or aggressive or self-centered, then they shouldn't lead a church, regardless of the other things that are true. Um, and I think that from a secondary, resisting... I, I'm not sure it's more holy to resist temptation than it is to avoid it. Like, I, I'm not sure... Like, of course you're called to resist temptation, but, like, I don't think... I think it's just as much a victory to go, you know... I'm just not going to minister to porn convention. Not, hey, I need to show that I can dominate this by going. Right. I, I'm not. I'm not sure it's implicitly more holy. I, I like if you don't. If you don't have to do that, I think at some point it's okay to say no. I don't. Uh, I'm just not going to subject myself to this uh, because I don't. I don't handle it well. Or frankly, other people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I think. I think. I mean. I, in the beginning, I was following you along thinking, yeah, yeah. I mean, and really, there isn't anything wrong with it changing the environment. Uh, the problem is wherever you go, there you are. So yeah. there's going to be parts of the same environment wherever you go. There'll be the same struggle, the same That's kind of the harder part, right? Because, like, the yeah. porn convention uh, uh, example is great. You're like, just don't go to the porn convention, right? right. right? But, like, say you have a legit problem uh, dealing with people. Yeah, right. Yeah, like, yeah. how are you going to solve that by running away from them? Right. You don't actually get to do that. Yeah. That's. I was thinking, like, if you if you change it just a hair, like, say the problem is with your your wife, and I don't know what whatever it is. Uh, you make fun of her ears, or you know, whatever. Right. Whatever. She hates that. Yeah. See, she hates that. But uh, you you don't at some point say, well, I just better find a better wife because you know. One yeah. has different ears. So it's going to be well, better. The ears are in check because she's your wife. You're going to you're going to fight through that. You're going to say, you know what, dude, you just need to learn to not talk about her ears. You just you know, and it might take a while, and it might be a struggle. Uh, my point being is, is maybe you give up too soon to, to to say, well, I don't know if I can handle this environment. I just need to go on, and maybe God's going, I want to see you handle it. How but, long have you worked there, Mike? Ten years. How long? How long you need there, Dan? Uh, at least twelve. <laughs> Because I, I think that's, I think it's true. Like, uh, I like the the wife example is tied to a uh, a spiritual promise, a promise between you and the Lord that Correct. that you're not. And gonna, it's a lifetime commitment. That's yeah, right. You're yeah. not going to part this thing. Yeah. Like you do have flexibility. So it's apples job. and oranges. Yeah. Well, uh, so let's put it. Uh, the, maybe that's the right train of thought, though. Is like um, maybe all problems, and 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 maybe this is just a fact that we we should have put out on the table. It's not all problems are are through repentance and prayer. Um, there, that's a great place to start, right? Like in, in involving God in the things that you're struggling with. But that doesn't mean that you can't put a plan in place that says you write a note on your forearm that says, shut up, right? Or, yeah. right? or, you, yeah. or you pin a guy that says, hey, man, if I start rolling on this meeting and acting like a fool, your job is to interrupt me and sit me down and tell me shut up, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, so like you, just prayer does not 
uh, completely replace practicality. Yeah, yeah. Right? So I like, mean, if behaviors need to change, there's no reason that you can't put things in place yeah. to, to guide you along opposed That's to, right. I talked to God about it, I prayed about it all the way in, and then I found myself off the rails two hours in. Obviously, right. uh, not that God has left me in this situation, but like he's given me a brain and a mind and, a, and people around me to go, look, when you, when you see my, my heartbeat start racing... I need you to step in and shut it down for, right. for me. I yeah, need you yeah. to shut down for me because I don't want to be embarrassed about this again. Because right? it's too easy to say, hey, have a, I have a problem with Sally. But right. actually, you have a problem with people who do what Sally does. Yes. So there's going to be a Sally in every place or a John or whatever. Well, maybe. And, and so you're going to go somewhere else and it's going to be the same thing until you get the root of, of maybe it's going back to the marriage thing. It's like, you, you know, I've just decided with people I'm not going to do this because I'm, for life, I'm with people. Might be different people. I mean, it's not the same commitment to your wife, but it's it's it's. I'm dealing with people. I've got to figure this dealing with people thing out. Yeah, I mean, I guess it, it does. It does depend on the problem. Like if it's a if it's a, like a people to people problem, Dan's right. You're going to run into people everywhere. If it is a like if your situation has to do with your position, like from a work perspective, like um, let's say it just put. Sometimes it's easier. To take, like, let's say, let's say, for example, you're in a position where um, you, 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 it's higher up folk, and you don't can't figure out a way to get along with them. It's because you're involved with higher up folk. You know who don't have that problem? The janitor. He's not getting into tests with the higher up folk. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, like, if there is a, if there's a pride problem, if there's an arrogance problem, if there is a, hey, you're actually surrounded by dullards problem. Either way, you either have to resolve to figure out how to deal with it, or pull yourself out of it, so that. You don't have to. You don't interact with that situation. So maybe that's the, that's the answer back to your original point. Was like I don't know if there's anything more holy than than fighting through it or uh, avoiding it. It depends on what you're avoiding, right? Like if it's a if it's a God given responsibility or you've agreed to a, a responsibility, so it's an integrity thing, uh, and you're trying to avoid your responsibility because you can't handle it. That probably not is not going to work. You need to put yourself in a different complete position and say. I'm not going to be responsible for that. Therefore, I'm not going to have to whatever. Yeah. I'm not avoiding my job or my responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't disagree with Dan. I feel like, yeah, uh, um, th- yeah. I mean, I-, I would never advise, even to my own self, that it's time to bail on something. I think that's terrible. I feel because I feel like I should be able to trust God enough, submit myself enough, and 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 go through some humility and go. You have to stop acting like this. But like, I mean, I ain't kidding you. We're ten years in, and I'm. Like, I still have to catch myself acting like a fool, and it's so disappointing, right? <laughs> like, and you go, what, am I not ever going to learn, or have I not? Maybe I haven't even addressed it with the seriousness that I should, with practical things and whatever, and saying, you know, I shouldn't be in certain conversations. I just don't do well there. You know, like, it's not edifying for anybody. I'm not actually helping. You know, I'm just running my mouth. <laughs> so, like, and, like, I've been in that, so, so my job it causes me to interact with high-level folk, Um and there are times when my perspective is helpful. And then there are occasions where, like, I just recognize that, like, this is I'm not going to provide value here and I will step out of it. I'll just say, hey, look, I, this is not the conversation for me. Oh, no, we, we really want you there. I said, look, this is you're going to you're going to talk about this thing in this manner. I'm going to tell you uh, what you pay me for, which is to tell you the reasons it's not going to work or why it's going to be a problem. Is this is that what you want going on in this meeting? Well, no, not really. I said, well, then I don't need to be there. That's not what you're paying me for. Like, uh, that's what I'm good at. This, you, you, I'm, my job is to poke holes in things and help you to find the right way to get it done. Uh, if that's not what you want to talk about, I'm not offended. I just probably shouldn't go because uh, I'm not going to be particularly helpful in this situation. And so, like, and, and sometimes if you like and take to it like a more like um, a world focused item, 
you know, maybe you you work on it and you make your way up uh, in a company, and you're involved in tense discussions and decisions, and it causes you to be anxious. Uh, yeah, you probably should figure out. It'd be ideal to figure out a way to get over it and to no longer get it and to not be wigged out about those types of things. But then sometimes, dude, it's all right just to open up a, a mobile froyo stand, like yeah. to like it's all it's all right mm-hmm. yeah, to do froyo. Yeah. And so, like, I'm not sure what we are proving either in heaven or on earth um, to stick it out for 20 years to put up with a manly structure, a a man's structure. But I think going back to what Dan had said, though, it does it does really depend what your issue is. Yeah. I mean, you even look at in in Acts, you got you got uh, Paul having an issue with Mark. And so Barnabas and Mark run off and plant churches, and Paul and Silas, you know, well, they, that's a great they, they do go different directions because yeah. they're like, I don't think I can work with this guy. Right. So, so there is, you know, he, he could have sucked it up and said, you know what, I just need to forgive him, whatever the issue out. was. Yeah, that's true. So there is a time. Yeah, I, I wasn't trying to say there wasn't, isn't a time, but you, you just got to be, yeah. No, we're just not talking sure about throwing the, the towel in earlier, you know, yes, right. giving up or, or whatever. I, I think probably what I'm, and, and obviously this is very much pertained to me, but. What I'm frustrated with is my lack of progress in this area. Yeah, I don't yeah. know why I can't do it. Like, I come in here to this radio show every Monday, and I, I pretty much got the same tune to sing. I ran my mouth again, and blah, blah. I'm like, I don't want to do this. I don't, I don't think it's a virtue. I'm not proud of it, you know, but here I find myself, you know, doing it again. And I'm like, you know, after you look around the room a while and you go, I, I know I'm the problem. I get that. <laughs> do, you you know? feel, do you feel like you have put in anything, besides wanting to be better, do you feel like you have put in anything tangible to curb that? I've tried to bow out of some things, and I get... And, and you get drugged back in? I get just get drugged back into it. I'm mm-hmm. like, look, I, I just don't know that I should be in this, you know? And, like, I, I mean, once again, I'm pretty open about where my failings are, and I'll say as much to people, like, look, I'm, I'm just probably not... I shouldn't be in this conversation. Yeah. We need you in this conversation. I'm like, I, I'm really, I just don't think I'm going to be helpful. I got, I'm already tuned up to whatever I think it is, and I'm not really open to hearing much else. So uh, I, I'm just not going to be helpful. Yeah. See, I, so now there, that sounds to me like, you know what? Uh, I get a little bit too tempted in these uh, porn conventions. Nah, you should come in. Yeah. We think you should do it. Nah, I really don't think I should. Yes, we think you should. At some <laughs> point, you've got to go minister with some different folks, man. Yeah. yeah. So, so I, think it's, I think it's all right. And, like, I know... I'm, I'm totally feeling that like the, the, there's a right tension in here where like you don't just go, hey, I got trouble with people. I'm going to bail at this situation because I don't want to work on myself because like that's not what you're talking about. No, uh, but th- but there is. But like it's one of those things where this isn't a sniff test question. Like you got to run it through the ringer and and probably through 10, 10 different like either people or situations or and prayer before you go. You know, what? it's OK to leave this situation. Um, because like you never want to miss a ch- an opportunity um, for being refined um, and for people being witness to that refination. Is that a thing? <laughs> Whatever. Be- because like um, God refining people and changing people and that being a witness to his goodness to people around him is a positive thing. And so like you, you never want to duck that. God often works through that. Um, but it doesn't preclude that there's not an opportunity to say sometimes it's all right to be to put yourself in a different situation because it's not uh, you're not sacrificing for anything that is that is in particularly of, of worldly or heavenly good. Yeah. And it doesn't necessarily mean that, like, you have to change, uh, you know, your entire work environment or quit right now. Like, it just means that, like, there's certain parts that maybe I just don't belong in. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and maybe that's the call is to recognize what those are. And despite any type of, 
begging to the other other cause. You're like, look, I I just I'm for everybody's. Cause. I'm not made for this. I'm gonna stay yeah. out of this. <laughs> That's fair. And I, so and and that goes back to um, kind of a, I think a broader conversation too is like your life isn't just in your work environment. Nobody's life is that. And so how you how you feel at work or the types of things going on there do impact your house life and your like. Uh, your 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 church life, or or your, how good of a friend you are, and to the extent that that uh, the work thing starts to negatively impact the things that you're actually working for, or to be able to support, uh, then again, I, I think that's a proper consideration to say, you know what, this maybe this does brings me a, a good amount of money, and maybe I should be able to overcome this. But to be honest with you, I'm not a very great father uh, when I get in the middle of some of these things that I don't want to be part of. And so, you know what, it's not worth it. Uh, I have a responsibility at home too. I'll go serve the Froyo. Like I'll take, I'll, like, uh, we, we talked about this just a hair before the show, but like one of the questions you have to ask yourself when it comes to, especially your job, like if you look at the time that it takes you, what it, uh, the, the mindset that it puts you like, are, do you have any free time to think that is not you thinking about your job? Uh, and that kind of thing, like, does the money you are earning provide you the value you expect? Because, like, if someone said, "Look, I'll give you one hundred twenty thousand dollars a year, um, but your but your family life is going to be sometimes a little bit dicey because you can't focus your attention on it and your attitude sucks when you get home," or I'll give you fifty thousand dollars a year, but like you have the ability to focus at home, you're home all the time, uh, like when you can expect to be. Um, your mind isn't uh, isn't bloated down with things that you're worrying about with work and your attitude's generally good because the work doesn't cause you to act or behave in a certain way. It doesn't put you in situations that you know cause you to, to act uh, in ways that you don't want to. Like, are you really getting your value out of the 120 grand? Or are you getting your value out of the, 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 the 50,000 spins less, but like the things that you really care about came for free with it? The $120,000 will go last you a lot longer in cars and salt and pepper, but like the stuff that you really wanted you don't actually get from it. And so I get that it's never that it's not that easy, but like, just consider you're working for a value, um, not just a money. And so the question is what's going on at work. How does it impact your, um, your home life? And the other thing, the things that you really care about, like I've had that actually, it's funny. Um, I, I work in a corporate environment, always have. And like, they're constantly trying to find other things to offer. They're like, Hey, we got all these uh, perks or whatever. And like, I don't, I, I just want you to give me money. And I want you to take whatever perks you were going to offer me, and I want you to put it in my paycheck as cold, hard dollars. Because I'm going to take that, and I don't work, like, if, if, if you didn't pay me, I wouldn't come. I don't work here for free. I don't work here for the jollies or the moral benefit. I work here because the dollars you send me support the things that I care about. I can give money away to people who need it. I can support my family. Uh, I, don't have to, I don't have to take a salary at the church because of this, like, that's the value that I have. And so I actually literally do not care at all about any of the other stuff that you're trying to offer me. It doesn't mean anything to me. Uh, they, oh, they offered some kind of life coaching class. They're like, hey, we're going to help you with your life purpose. I'm like, <laughs> thank you. I can I'll, I'll source that somewhere else. You've read the book of Mark, too? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like, but the, the point being is that like, I, I work there. I, I, wish, I, I, wish, I wish I had a job where what I did for work felt like it was contributing to my broad moral life's purpose. And outside of being a faithful follower of Jesus there, which is a good, totally fair and good life's purpose, it doesn't do that. Like if I could work for a company that drills wells in Africa for poor people and, and did the same work, I would do it. Uh, every, I, think, I think there's a lot of guys that struggle with, hey man, I feel like I'm just pushing paper around. Well, 
as long as you're directing the result of the pushing paper around to serve Jesus well while you're pushing paper and use the outcome to otherwise serve and support your family, community, and church, you know, I'm not sure we can ask much more. Those are the confines of the world we live in. But, like, shy of a moral good that I think I'm contributing to on a day-to-day basis at my work, uh, at le- like, I at least know what I'm asking of it. I'm asking for it to support the things that I actually care about. To the extent that it doesn't do that or it taints those things, like I spend too much time worrying about it and it takes away from my wife and family, then it's actually robbing me of the very thing that I'm expecting it to support. And then I need to find something else to do or put the right boundaries inside of it. Yeah. So, so overall, uh, what's a, a good exercise is probably write down the five things you care about the most and then look and see uh, how your current work environment is impacting those. Is it where you want them to be? Those being at the top of the goal list and saying, how do I get this to support this? And what I want it to be and how out of whack is it now, right? Like, does it explain why I'm feeling X, you know, anxiety or stressed out or whatever and, and, and irritated at my family just for walking in the door or whatever is going on at your place, yeah. you know? And same thing is true with a job that doesn't allow you to be in community with people that you need to be in community with, right? Or, 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 or be spending time at home with your family or even just some you time, just resetting and I don't know, watching a movie or something, taking a breath. And taken in God's good earth, or, you know, yeah. something like that, which I'm sure we all throw to the wayside way too fast. So, um, I don't know. I, yeah, that was helpful. That was helpful. We'll see if I show up next week with the same list of grievances mm. after I've done better. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you're listening to Life in the Path. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us today. Uh, I, had another, I had another thing I wanted to talk about, but I, I think in light of pointing you back to that previous show, I don't want to spend a lot of time on it. It, it, it basically there was a there's a Christian band uh, that I uh, follow on Facebook. I think they were one of the festivals that we were at broadcasting from one time, um, and they basically it was a it was a plea regarding um, uh, masks and vaccinations and stuff. Um, and the only reason it gave me pause, uh, ignore the fact that it's about masks and vaccinations, but it's like it was a tying of a worldly opinion with a biblical load on it. Um, and I, I think maybe to sum up uh, what would otherwise be a long and blowhardish discussion around it, I'm going to tell you, don't do that. Uh, it's okay to care about stuff. It's okay to care about things passionately. Um, but I'd be real, real careful um, when, you, when you hashtag Jesus onto something. Um, because it, it, impl- it does a couple things. It puts somebody on, like, it says, what I'm talking about doesn't stand... Uh, as opposed to standing firm on its own, I'm going to tip the scales and just say, well, Jesus likes what I like. Um, and it implies that anybody that thinks differently you, than you isn't loving or following Jesus. And like, I mean, my theology parts ways with many a Christian on things that they believe. But I'm going to tell you this. It takes a real arrogant person to be like, hashtag Jesus on my side. Yeah, that's some real screw tape letters kind of stuff. Yeah. Right? Like, it doesn't take much to divide the factions of uh, people that follow Jesus. And you go ahead and want to start drawing lines in the sand and say this and this and this and this, right? Like you're just watching the devil go, eh. <laughs> that was easier than I thought. <laughs> yeah. See, like you took, you took something that is a matter of worldly human opinion and limited limitations of human knowledge and made it as if it was a forever kingdom opinion. Um, and, and I'm, I'm just, I just like, there's, here's the thing, unless the only thing that I'm talking about is something directly that Jesus is talking about or that scripture is talking about. I can't imagine I'd ever do that. Like, it just would not occur to me to moral load hashtag Jesus onto something um, that, is, that is of a worldly debate unless it is something where Jesus has, has clearly spoken or the character of God has clearly spoken about it. Um, 
because I, I just it just presumes a lot about who you are or and how other how other people follow Jesus. And so in, in this, again, we, we talked about this during the political season too. Um, if it's a political argument, you got to be super careful. Um, <laughs> if it's an argument among a bunch of non-scientists um, about what they think, again, I think you just got to be super duper careful. It's, I don't care if you have an opinion. I hope it's a learned one. I hope you spend a lot of time thinking about it. I hope you uh, deal in objective reality um, and not as much in perceptive reality on what we talked about last week. Um, and if you come to a conclusion, uh, generally speaking, I, I can probably support that as long as those follow those premises, regardless of what it is. However, um, the minute you hashtag Jesus on that thing, you're presuming a higher office than what you hold. Um, and frankly, you also just, you, you slam the door, like you gave the impression that Jesus can be communicated in his reaction to a particular thing that you care about. Uh, and it's all right to care about it, but it's not all right to act like you're Jesus in the matter. So just be careful. Just be careful. I will. Okay. I'll take that post down immediately. Yeah. <laughs> as you as you should. I can't be involved in this conversation. I'm getting right at it. Yeah. <laughs> getting right at <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, all right. Hey, so let's let's do some uh, let's do some advice, Mike, and then we'll I think we'll let the people I like it how it feels like we're always holding them hostage. We'll let the people go. <laughs> Here we go. Here, to do. <laughs> dear life from the path. A year ago. I was working at a small wholesale bakery with maybe 15 employees. While I was there, the place was overrun with food safety issues, including mice, allergen cross-contact issues, and poor employee hygiene practices. At the time, the owner was working on fixing some of the problems, but not fast enough for my tastes. Although he is never my, ever, never my favorite person, he was clearly overwhelmed with running a business and didn't have the resources to fix the problems. Now that I've gone, been gone for some time, I'm on the fence about whether I should leave an online review or comment detailing some of the problems. I don't want to hurt a struggling business, and it's possible these problems have been fixed. But there's no way for me to know for sure because I'm no longer there. Oh, that's the... Oh, we should underline that one. Wow. Personally, <laughs> I think customers should know about these issues before purchasing their products. But I don't want to stick my nose where it shouldn't go. Even if I leave a review anonymously, there's always a chance they will find out. Advice? Boy, you're worried about all kinds of things here. Yeah. Are you worried about, A, they're going to find out it was you? There's one problem. That's a problem. Yeah. B, you don't even know if the problem still exists. Uh, see, I, I've not been to one, and I spent some time in some food production uh, environments. Uh, everybody's got mice, right? Every, everybody, right? You make food here. This is, it's where mice are, right? They mitigate them with traps or whatever, and you're like, I'm not getting rid of these mice fast enough for my tastes. Well, what are your tastes, friend? Like, is it even reasonable? <laughs> because uh, even the biorefineries that process corn, they got mice problems, right? Everybody's got mice yeah, problems. Yeah, yeah. And cross-contaminant issues. For allergens, employee hygiene practices. I mean, does that mean there's a couple stinky dudes working there? I mean, I, I, I they're not wearing beard nets. It, I don't know. And the, they're aware of the problem. Yeah. Too. So, so, I, I, okay. I went to a, a grocery store. I went to uh, well, it was a grocery store that that sells food. Uh, uh, wow. Dining. As when, did they, yeah. when did they make up a place like <laughs> that? Sure there's food now. <laughs> they had a restaurant in there. A restaurant. Yeah, okay. that's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> and I went Good to the restaurant. Somebody speaks Dan. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and uh, one of the cooks went into the restroom and did this business and didn't wash his hands. Oh. And, and I could, I knew by his uniform he was providing the type of food I was going to order. Oh. Mm-hmm. And, and I... What I did, I didn't write a review for the whole world to see. Like, hey, nobody ever washes their hands because I don't. I don't know what everybody does. Right. But what I did do was, hey, uh, I emailed corporate like right there and said, I, I think you probably want to know. I would want to know if I was you. Blah 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 blah. You might want to review your your practices with your employees that yeah. are in in the food. And like they immediately responded, like, wow, thank you. Blah 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 blah. You know, and and 
so you don't have to make a big public stink of it. If, if, you're, if your concern is the public, then go to the source. It sounds like they want to just stab at the owner yes, while does. at the same time saying, oh, I don't really want to hurt him. Yes, you do. Yes, yes you do. Yeah. Yes, you do. You just, just want to shine it with a rose and act like you're not trying to do that. Yeah, yeah. But it sounded like her question was, can I gossip? Because, like, yeah. you don't know this is true anymore. Yeah. It's just, it's like hearing, it's like hearing something like, oh, I heard two years ago that Barbara was into methamphetamines. Yeah. Like, you don't know what Barbara's doing today. She yeah. may have gone through rehab and successfully, and things are going fine. Like, why are you spreading these things about Barbara? You know what you could do? You could go ask Barb, hey, Barb, how are things going? And then maybe go from there. But, like, uh, here's the thing. If you feel like if it's in the public interest, then you should put your name on it. There's no reason for you to be ashamed of yourself. If you're worried that your name is on it, it's because you probably recognize that you're being a gossip. And mm-hmm. you're not helping. You're not trying to actually help a situation. Oddly, you seem to be trying to draw attention to yourself in some way or another. Uh, because otherwise you would have done this already. Why didn't you do it while you were already there? Like when you were participating in this mess. Why didn't you feel the sense of guilt about it then? Like, yeah. I, I, yeah. This is true with every place you've ever worked. Right. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is why we have advertising and branding. Right. Like you want people to think a certain way, but everybody knows that like uh, sometimes the chicken nuggets sit there for like 30 minutes and sometimes they're there for three hours. And some some poor schlub comes through and orders a 20 piece and you're like, he's getting the oldies and you give it to him because yep. that's yep. the deal. <laughs> you know, and then you're like, you'll never guess what they do. They gave him the old McNuggets. I mean, I could have figured that if I had put two thoughts into it. <laughs> Everywhere you ever work does not run like the average, the commercial says. Right. Right. Like no one's missed in the fries and, and, you know, whatever they say they're doing. So, I mean, you're basically trying to explain a truth that is known by anybody who's ever had a job as the back end workings are not the same as the front end store display. Right. Everybody knows that. And like in the business of preparing food, making food, processing food, there's going to be some things that people don't want to know about. Otherwise, they'd be growing their own food. Right. What you trade when you don't grow and harvest your own grain is you have to rely on other people to harvest their grain and process it correctly. Mm -hmm. That's what you gave up when you stopped doing it yourself. That's right. And so you're just going to have to take some of these things and go, (laughs) do I think that sometimes the flour got spilled on the non-gluten table and they cleaned it up? I think the best they could, but they're still under 0.02% of gluten here. So we're probably fine. Yes. Just figure that's the case. What was it? What was somebody telling me is the reason they can have, uh, it was grace was telling me the reason the Tic Tacs are considered a, uh, sugar-free because it's under like 2% sugar, right? And that's the line as far as the FDA is concerned. And if it's under that, you can call it sugar-free. Well, it's not sugar-free. No. Right. But there's definitely sugar in there. Well, and there's, there's caffeine in all decaf coffee. Right. It's, mm-hmm. it's not, this, it's not as much, but like everything has caffeine in it. And so like, right. You're just accepting that when you, when you lost control over some of the sourcing of things, uh, you, you bought yourself into a program where, you know, if you're not going to harvest your own chicken, uh, you're going to get a, a little bit of a butt scratch food warmer chicken from somebody somewhere. Yeah, it's going to happen. Yeah, you've taken you've mistakenly thought yourself to be the PI of the world here, and like you're basically revealing truths that everybody already knows. Yeah. So okay, so so tangibly, here's what I would say: if you really felt that it needed to be acted upon, uh, there's governing bodies for this. There's people that inspect restaurants, and so uh, don't call the restaurant owner. Because uh, he's, he's probably working on it, uh, and uh, I'm not sure what you're hoping to gain out of it. I just call the food place and say, hey, look, I worked here a number of months ago. Uh, I know the guy was working on it, but I just wanted to check and see if you've, you know. Uh, they could use an inspector. Yeah, maybe go take a look. And then if the inspector goes and he says, and things aren't up to snuff, he'll shut them down. That wasn't you. That wasn't gossip. He wouldn't validate whether there's still a problem or not. The I, Restaurants should be up to snuff at any time, so I don't think it's unfair for the guy to show up and take a look. And make sure things are good. And so 
if you're super worried about it, that's what I would do. Past that, I think you should just keep your mouth shut. Yeah, I feel like you're, yeah, you're, you're just not in the right frame of mind. This is a more of a you thing than it is a them thing, it sounds like. All right, I'm going to save the world. What, what, what kind of restaurant was it? It's not. It's a food processing Like a food, place. yeah, like a bakery. Yeah. Wholesale bakery. Oh, yeah. small wholesale bakery, like a mom and pop bakery. Oh, well, God bless. And here's the thing. God bless them. You got to know that when you go to a mom and pop shop, you are supporting the mice in the back. Yeah, and it's more like home cooking. It's more like your place. You yeah, because guess what? If you were raising that at your house, you'd have mice. That's right. That's correct. <laughs> you got food coming in and out all the time, a giant garbage can full of food, like 30 feet away from the place, and mom and pop kettle back there working themselves to the bone. I'm sorry. Like, you're gonna, it's a premium. You're paying a premium for the mousetrap in the back. You're just going to have to get used to it. I'm going to tell you a secret if you ever come to my house. When you're not at my house, I have a fly strip hanging up in my kitchen. Oh, yeah. Because we live on a farm, and there's a lot of flies in there, and there's nothing you can do about it. When I know that you're going to come to my house, I take the fly strip down, and it makes it appear as if we don't have a fly problem. We definitely have one. Oh, man, yeah. I take, I take at it with a fly strip when you're not there. And if you were to see it when you walked into my kitchen, you'd go, ooh, they have flies here. <laughs> and, but, like, there's, uh, there's, I mean, 60 farm animals over here. We have flies. You're fooling yourself <laughs> that we don't, right? And so, like, I, I think it's one of those things. You have an unrealistic expectation in a food environment. Of that you are not going to have vermin or a stinky belchy man who has put coconut oil on his armpits back in the back in the bathroom and he come out working on some bread. You know, it, it's got, but what Ben talked about this a couple three shows ago. We're like you would have you have no idea how much poop you've taken in. Yeah, like through air particles and whatever. Like you get fired up about the hand washing. Listen, you've taken it in. It's on your toothbrush. You think that the three foot you keep it away from the John is doing. It's not. It's flying through the air. You're brushing your teeth with your own yeah. number two. If you ever flush the toilet without that lid down, that's what it's for. It's, 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 well, I'm going to give you two things. The lid exists so that when you flush it, whatever the contents were, don't spray around everywhere. You ever flush a toilet while you were sitting on it? You know that breeze? That's what gets out into your, into your bathroom when you flush it without the seat down. Now, let's say you're a good boy, and you flush it with the seat down all the time. You ever reach in there and lift the seat up? You just put your finger in all the stuff that floated up there. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's a nasty business that you're involved with, and uh, you don't always do as good of a job as you think you do. You're taking it in. Yep, for sure. And, so just dial, just calm down. Okay, let's see. Let's, let's, do, let's do another one. Yeah, we killed that one. Yeah. Uh, Wait, did, did we get the advice? Yeah, oh. yeah what did, what did oh, Secular say? Uh, secular says, I agree customers of that bakery should know there are possible problems. Rather than leaving an honest review, contact the health department in your city and report the conditions you observed. Yeah. It should trigger an inspection of the place. Your personal feelings about the owner have nothing to do with this. The cross-contamination you described could trigger a possible fatal allergic reaction. And the vermin infestation and poor hygiene practices of the employees could cause someone to become seriously ill. I'm going to tell you a secret. I'm going to tell you a secret. So this is wrong of me, but I got somehow. We, so we have, we have a bunch of cast iron, cast iron pots and stuff. And we had this uh, silver scrubber thing that you used to clean the cast iron pots. And somehow, roughly 15 years ago, I got it in my head that like... The silver, because it's silver, coated in silver, uh, you don't have to ever use soap or anything. Like, you can just scrub anything with this. And so, my my wife got it for the cast iron pots, but I said, well, shoot, man, I might as well just scrub the rest of the stuff in this thing. I've been been hand-cleaning pots and casserole dishes and things with this silver scrubber with no soap for 15 years. (laughs) 15 years. Years because I thought it was some like I couldn't explain. I just thought it was some kind of magic going on. I've eaten at your place. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now here's the thing. I got six people in my family. We've never gotten sick. 
related to this behavior. I'm not saying it's good behavior. What I'm telling you is, is that a lot of the things that they have for food safety are being super cautious. <laughs> but like, I mean, we cooked that casserole dish. It gets up to 420 or whatever. Like, whatever was in there probably died. I assume everything, like, you ever, you ever go to the restaurant and you find that there's something stuck on your, on your fork or on your cup? Mm-hmm. It got sanitized. Yeah. I'm not saying it's delicious. No. I'm not th- saying but you should eat it. But that oatmeal is sanitized. I'm just saying you ain't going to die from it. Yeah. It's yeah. fine. It, yeah. it went through the sanitary cycle. I'd be more worried about drinking the sanitation chemicals than I am about this old piece of oatmeal. Yeah. It's, this stuff is probably fine. I'm just, and so the reason I tell you that, like, we could just be super lucky. But, I mean, we use these pans all the time. What I'm telling you is, is that, like, we say, oh, the, the soap has got to get in there and make it super... Super duper clean. Actually, Mike, Mike and I both worked at uh, pizza restaurants, multiple. Yeah. And like, it, almost all of them don't wash all them pans. No. They like the sweetness that comes on there. It gets a little bit of grime, a little bit of grease, and one like, stuff comes off them a little bit easier. But like, uh, they just put more dough right back on top of that stuff. Because here's the thing: there's nothing implicitly unsanitary about that piece of food. It just it got cooked. It went through the oven, and then it got mm-hmm. cooked again. And so I know it feels gross to us. And we think old and things like that. I just, I just want you to open your mind. Like you don't have to do the behave this way, but just the things are not as likely to kill you as you think they're going to kill you. Now, somebody somewhere died of some sort of like weird pizza, like twice baked uh, pizza leavings. Probably, I don't know. I, I'm just saying, like the rules are there in place to try to keep no one from getting hurt. Not like, hey, it only happens in a in a blue moon kind of thing. Yeah. And so, don't eat at my house. That's the logic of the story. Especially if I serve in a casserole. Now, I've since corrected that because I said we ran it. My wife bought a copper thing one time because they were out of the, the, the ones with the uh, silver. And I said, hey, man, this, do I got to use soap then? And she's like, well, yeah, you're supposed to use soap. <laughs> I said, but, but, but when we get the silver ones back, I don't have to do that, right? And she's like, what are you talking about? Said, oh, no. You're, oh, no. you're <laughs> supposed to clean with the soap. I'm like, never mind. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, I don't say, ha ha, make it funny. <laughs> that's just what it is. I've been comedy time. I'll go clean the dishes. <laughs> uh, shoot. Anyway. All right. Ready? Dear life from the path. Yep. I'm a retired widow who took in a renter in his 60s a few years ago. At the time, he had moved from another part of the state for a job that lasted only four months. As a result, he could no longer pay his full rent. I empathized with his situation and couldn't throw him out to live in his car. The man is clean and respectful of my home as well as my personal space. He has sent countless resumes around for a job with no luck. These days, he seems to be always frustrated and angry with everyone, including his doctor's office staff, and I have to hear all about it. I tried to mediate his frustrations to no avail. I have reached a point where I feel he is creating a heavy atmosphere of negativity in my home. Mm -hmm. How do I handle this? I don't want to throw him out, yet I am living with guilt. Wow. Is there any chance his attitude is what's causing him not to be able to get work? Like he's going in there all spiced up? Yeah. I mean, he's in his 60s. In his 60s. There's all kinds of jobs Why can't he, he, but he? But he's not old enough, 60, to retire? I mean, maybe he doesn't want to because the payments well, and whatever. Maybe too. he doesn't have a choice. Yeah, I think that's a solid point. I mean, at some point, sometimes you've got to look around and go, here's what I wanted. Here's what's the reality. Yeah, right? Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I ain't holding out to the 67 massive Social Security payment. 62 and a half, I'm cashing in. <laughs> I'm going to get my money. <laughs> That's what I got. I mean, yeah, she doesn't owe him anything. It, it's, right. It's, it's, she's been very generous. It's, uh, a, it's a train of thought where you're, you're misdirecting the truth. The yeah. truth is you didn't put him in this situation. Yeah. He put himself in this situation. Uh, you tried to help and be generous with your time and money and uh, give him the opportunity to change his situation. And he instead took the time and money that you put into it 
and is stagnant, right? Now, it's harder because you're like, he's trying to get a job and he's not succeeding or whatever. Um, and so I, I get how you could feel responsible for that, but you're not responsible for that. You don't control the employer. Uh, you don't control the situation he put yeah. himself in that he's uh, renting from you by, at the age of 60, whatever. Um, these are all choices that were made before he even met you. And so it's very hard to not feel responsible for that. But if you're, if you're looking to assuage your guilt and give him the boot, uh, consider it assuaged. Yeah. You didn't do any of this. Because it's hard because you, you obviously have a room available and he's in it. Yes. Uh, you seem to be able to get along without him making the rent payments. And so it, it's very difficult to, th- to imagine then this man walking out of your house with all his belongings and you going, okay, now I'm relieved of this. When you like, when in the back of your mind you're going, but I, I have a place. He could stay there. Right. It's, and it seems such a, a difference of personality or a, a situation that I'm not in all the time. It doesn't affect me. He's not violent. He's not drinking. He's yeah. not tearing the place up. It's yeah. just I have to listen to him complaining all the time. Yeah, I mean, I think it's okay. Uh, I, that seems to be the prime complaint, really. I don't, it doesn't sound like, other than that, he's a decent guy to have around. Mm-hmm. It's that he's just com- he's got a bad attitude. I mean, I think it's all right to say, look, uh, your rent for the next few months is like, your attitude's got to change, buddy. I'm willing to be part of you finding a better direction, uh, finding, help finding a job or whatever, but like... Uh, I, I, I think of it as, even if it was an even if it wasn't a roommate. It was just a neighbor who constantly came over to your house and complained. You would go, "Hey, look, um, I'm trying to be neighborly, but like you're really dragging the joint down. I, I, I don't want you to come over here all the time and and complain about stuff." I'd say that to a friend after after a bit of time, right, where it feels like it's not fading away and it's it's skulking in. Uh, I would say just be a good friend to him and say the thing a friend would say. Well, let's mm-hmm. start there. Because uh, because it, it doesn't seem to me like the rent thing is actually bothering you all that much. It's really just he's now he's become bad to live with. Yeah, and you don't want to deal with it, which I think is fine. I think it's okay. It's uh, the the most unfair thing we can usually do to people is not give them boundaries. They're just like I, I don't want to say they're like don't hear me wrong when I say they're children, but like uh, you can't be upset with kids when they don't act within boundaries that you have not one told them about and two helped them uh, know where they are. Like kids, especially younger kids, they'll test your boundaries and they like part of them testing is to know when it stops. And if you don't actually do this, it's one of the big commitments uh, when your kid hits like three, two, three, four, five, like you got to hit. The, it's like training a dog. It sounds terrible. But like you got to tell them every time, every time they cross the boundary, they have to know about it. You don't have to be angry about it. Yeah. You don't have to overreact to it. But like they won't know. And it's your fault if you don't teach your kids to have the boundaries or if you don't have the patience to sit there and walk them through them. Like, you have to do it, and you got to do it consistently. By that, like, eventually they'll get six, seven, and eight, and they know the boundaries. You don't have to spend a bunch of time on them anymore because you trained them right up front. And, like, for adults, like, it shouldn't have to be 50 times, but you can say, look, man, uh, part of the deal with you living here is you're supposed to pay rent. I need you to get to figure out a way to pay rent. You got three months. I'm good with another three months. If you can start paying rent, after three months, then you're free to stay. If you can't, then you got to find another situation. Give the man a boundary. It's all right. It's okay to be fair with him. He doesn't know. You don't owe him the room. And it's not unkind. In fact, a lot of times we, are, we feel like we're being kind by allowing people to, to not have to face their own realities. And it's not kind. We just don't want to do it. It's hard. It feels harsh. And if sometimes it feels like it lacks grace, like it lacks mercy from us. And, like, sometimes it does. Sometimes we're just flat out being greedy. But, like, sometimes... Uh, we just don't want to have a conversation with somebody, and we're afraid how they're going to react. Um, we're afraid they're, that they're going to treat us in a certain way about it, and so we don't want to tell them. I think it's awkward because you're—I mean, you're—you're you're kind of passing judgment on the thing, right? Like 
you're saying, look, there's, there's, there's very little excuse for this behavior not to have changed, right? Like, I, I feel like I shouldn't have to manage another adult's way of living, right? But, but you're not holding up what a standard adult would be responsible for. Like, so, why do I have to be responsible? That, that's the real question. It's like, why do I have to be responsible for being adult for both of us? That's correct. You're an adult. That's right. I, I, I didn't take on a renter so I could be a parent to somebody else, right? I just assumed you were going to hold up your own weight here, and now you're flipping the game. Like, if you're paying full rent and you do live at my house and we can coexist, I think that's kind of awesome, right? I get a little bit of company. We can share a community. I'll invite you over for, uh, for dinner, whatever. This is great. No big deal. And then all of a sudden, it's turning from a mutual understanding to a parent-child relationship. You're like, I'm, I'm 65. I don't need no kids. <laughs> I've, I, I've done that. I've raised my kids. I, I, this is a burden. It's becoming a burden to me. Mm-hmm. And so I think Ben's right. Like, you probably should lay out um, uh, a standard that says, look, I, I know you're going through a rough time, but honestly, like this constant negative Nancy stuff, um, I'm just not, I'm not built for it right now. So, um, let's figure out how to, how to get you in a better state of mind or um, you just can't stay. So let's see what we can do. And like, they're going to take it harshly. And I suppose if they get mad and leave, your problem's still solved. You know, True. like they're, yeah. they're like, whatever, you yeah. know? So yeah. I, I don't think you can be afraid and I'm guilty of this. I don't think you can be afraid to have the conversation because you're worried about the outcome, right? Like some conversations just have to be had. Um, and if they choose to run it in a terrible direction, that is a choice that they made. You were just putting facts out into the air and going, look, this is the deal. Just make sure you're not being a jerk first. Yeah. 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 And I think, I think you should bend towards mercy. I think, uh, you know, like, um, allow people the chance to be, to have trouble, um, and to, to get their way out of it and offer to help them in the right direction. But like, just, there isn't only one solution to this. Um, and it isn't always what the person who's having problems, like we've talked about this before, isn't, isn't only, that's not, the only option isn't that they stay with you forever without paying rent. Like, that's not the only option. Like, well, it's either that or they're homeless. Well, probably not. There's probably a hundred other options in there. Right. Um, and this is not, so, so just because you're removing one of the options uh, doesn't mean that you have personally sentenced them to a, a life of demise. That's not the reality. And, and maybe there's other family out there and, you know, they can move back to where they came from. Yeah. It, yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. And it's, and it's not, it's yours to offer to help, but it's not yours to figure out. Yeah. Right. Like, uh, of all the things that I heard come out of the Driscoll camp is like, uh, dudes, dudes run better when they're, they're like an old Chevy truck, right? The more you weigh them down, the straighter they'll drive. And something, some of that's true for responsibility for people. That's true with your kids too. The more responsibility you give them, the less swerving around they do. And so you give people like complete avant-garde to do whatever they want. Um, they'll start taking advantage of that freedom and taking zero responsibility. And then you're left with weird discussions that you shouldn't have to be having. Yeah. And I, well, I think that goes along with the principle too, that like it's, you can help people without having to own their problems. Like it's okay to help people uh, in, in pockets, in pockets. Like if you find out that someone is, hungry, it doesn't mean that you have to provide meals for the next six months. Like, help them where you can. Help them to, like, I, and again, I expect it to be probably over and above uh, the, you know, w- what the world would do. Um, you want them to, 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 to see the generosity of, of, of Jesus, and you're going to be free with your time and your money for it, but it doesn't need, it doesn't mean you have to cede your life over to it. Um, and so just, yeah, just be, just be careful. It's okay to, basically, the, the, the broad takeaway is boundaries. It's okay to set boundaries here. Um, and just be clear about them, um, and then help them work within those boundaries to whatever. Secular says, you are kind, understanding, and you have done your darndest 
but you cannot solve this man's employment problems for him. He may suffer from depression at this point. Because he's not getting along with the staff at his doctor's office, he may need counseling through your county department of mental health. Please suggest that. Since he has been your, quotes, guest for so long, it would be in your interest to discuss your situation with your attorney. It may not be easy to get him out of your home, which is something you may need to consider for your own mental health. Oh, we're getting the lawyers involved, huh? Does everybody have an attorney? <laughs> I don't have an attorney. Yeah. Dan, do you have one? I don't know who my attorney would be. <laughs> People like this. She, she recommends this all the time. You should get a hold of your attorney. I don't, I don't know an attorney. <laughs> Maybe people are getting in legal scrapes all the time that I'm not aware of. I can't think of the last time that I thought I should get my lawyer involved in this. <laughs> I feel like I can handle just about everything with a direct call to somebody. Well, I, and also, like, it seems so casual, like, hey, get your lawyer started thinking about it. I'm like, I don't. I only got 500 bucks to have somebody think about it. Now, see, but people you know that run small businesses, they're like, yeah, I'll call my attorney. <laughs> right? Like, they know the guy. They talk to him about stuff. He helped file the LLC paperwork or whatever. Yeah. And they know an attorney. But regular Joes, I mean, unless you've been through a divorce or whatever, I, what do you got in business? Do we, should we get one? Do we need somebody we can refer to? Have we ever had an attorney on this show? I don't think so. Um, hey, what's, who's that guy that runs the, 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 that ran for office in Johnston? Andrews. Yeah, yeah. Is he an attorney? Hmm. I don't think so. I guess I don't know. I mean, I doubt he would represent us because he's a current on the government doles. But still, I mean, we might know an attorney. I don't even that's know. Your, an that's attorney. the way you reflect any public servant on the government doles. Yeah. Why is that the wrong? Is that is that? Uh, that's usually how they describe like uh, welfare. I mean, it is on it? the dole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I said, right? Yeah. Hey, you've been listening live from the path. Thanks for hanging out with us this week. Uh, we do appreciate it. Uh, again, if you have any, uh, if you love the show, hate the show, uh, like the website, uh, like the new descriptions on the podcast, uh, like the way I dress, whatever. Call, call the complaint line. That's a call or text 515-517-0085. The live from the path. Bob Eisenhower complaint line 515-517-0085. Uh, hey, hey, since we've uh, recently renamed some of these podcasts for uh, easier usage, now would be the time to leave a review. Uh, again, one star, five star. Just be honest. Yeah, but we do like it when you interact with it so that we can uh, we can talk about it on uh, Thursday nights when we get together and weep over our uh, YouTube comments. Yeah. Hey, I had to shut a guy down. Same guy kept going in there, left like 15 comments under Caps for Sale. But they were just like plugging their new music release, which seemed relatively flattering. Like they were looking for videos with high clicks and then uh, oh, comment yeah. sections where they could they could like horn in on it. And I said, well, thank you, sir. So I left a number of them because I said, Caps, I like to be flattered. Is Caps for Sale still getting action? Yeah. Yeah, it still does real well. I haven't checked the numbers lately, but uh, I'll, I'll get a report for next time. Okay. I think once I took it off the website, maybe if nobody looks at it anymore. You gotta be. Yeah. Anyway. Hey, thanks for hanging out with us. We do appreciate it. Oh, oh, hey, and maybe there's something you want us to talk about. If you're interested in our, uh, well, my goodness, maybe you maybe you want our opinion on something. You say, I read this in the news, or I've been thinking about this from the Bible, or whatever. Um, you can use that complaint line for that, too. Uh, we'd, we'd love to, I don't know, take a shot at it. So I, I had, uh, I was talking about the, the cross thing that people do, right? The, the Catholics and the Lutherans. Yeah. Right? And I always thought it was uh, spectacles, testicles, wallet, and watch. Yeah. Uh, left to right. And apparently... The, the Catholicism does it left to right, and the Lutherans would do it right to left. And I feel like that was a decision made right at the time where they're like, we'll show those guys. That's because the Catholics were right first. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> you <Wait>. are welcome. <laughs> I feel like the Lutherans went, first of all, we're going we're gonna to separate ourselves from these dudes. And we're still going to do the cross thing, but we're going to do it. From uh, right to left. Yeah. I'll show those guys. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That way people can recognize us in the streets. Yeah. Wait, they get, you got to wait till the third motion, and then you'll know. Uh, One, uh, two, three, got him. Yep. <laughs>
Uh, okay, all right, that's it. We're, we'll leave. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us on Life of Beth. We appreciate it. Uh, we'll hope to see you next week. In the meantime, be faithful in the means. God will handle the ends. You've been listening to Live from the Path. <laughs>